Yo, this is Axel Rose of Guns N' Roses. Hey, this is Carmen Alexa. Hi, this is Daryl Strawberry. What up, though? This is Big Snoop Deal Double G. Hi, this is John Stallard. Hey, yo, Hulk Hogan here. What's up? This is Beyonce. I got a great show lined up for y'all. Hey, yo, yo, yo. Let's get this party started. The Sports Beat. You know what? Let's keep it hot. The Sports Beat is off the chain, man. Ah, yeah. The Sports Beat. Download the podcast now. You're listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. Good morning, everybody. Once again, it's the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge on this Tuesday morning. We've got a lot to talk about on the show, including Aaron Rodgers bouncing back and getting an impressive victory on Monday Night Football over the Detroit Lions, 35-17. to He silences the critics. We got a ton of NFL injuries to go over and how it's going to impact Week 3. And the Atlanta Braves had a late one last night in Arizona. They defeated the Diamondbacks 11-4, to thanks to a seven-run fifth inning. All right, all you Aaron Rodgers haters, can you just R-E-L-A-X, the Green Bay Packers bounce back and beat the woeful Detroit Lions. Actually, I do have to say the Lions put up a fight in that first half, and I think that they are going to be a formidable team. Jared Goff is not a terrible quarterback. He put up good numbers, and Dan Campbell is a crazy head coach. I actually like it. He comes off with these crazy quotes saying, we're going to bite him in the kneecaps. He reminds me of another crazy coach that the Atlanta Falcons once had that would leave tickets at will call for Elvis. Yes, we're talking about the legendary coach, Jerry Glanville. And Dan Campbell is just a big personality. And sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't when you get in X and O situations. The Lions had a 17-14 lead going into halftime, and that is when Aaron Rodgers just decided to open the floodgates. He had a dominant second half, 22 for 27, 255 yards and four touchdowns. A near flawless performance. He was sacked three times. Remember, he's playing without the all-pro left tackle, David Bakyardi. The Packers do have some flaws. Ladarius Smith is going to be out for a while. And this was a good win. They didn't want to start 0-2 going into the San Francisco game on Sunday night football. All these Packer apologists are saying that they're back. They're going to represent the NFC in the NFC Championship game. This is what Aaron Rodgers does. He has topsy-turvy games. He'll play really bad one day, and then the following week he'll come out and just look like a world beater. Aaron Rodgers is one of those quarterbacks that plays with a chip on his shoulder, but he's also very passive-aggressive. He feels like he doesn't need football. And so when the critics are going to just criticize him and talk about the bad game he had in week one, Aaron Rodgers proves the critics wrong and says, watch what I can do. He does have the best wide receiver in football, Devontae Adams. And he also has a familiar target as Randall Cobb made it back to Green Bay. And he does have a running game. Aaron Jones is a good running back. There are flaws on the offensive line with Bakhtiari out, but the defense is going to have to step up. Rashawn Gary, he was a top pick in the 2019 NFL draft. He needs to generate a pass rush. You have Preston Smith. Jair Alexander is one of the best cover corners. So there is no excuse. Green Bay should win But it's going to be a tall task going to Santa Clara next week as they will take on the San Francisco 49ers. I have got all week to talk about the history between those two teams. 
And it's been an interesting last 30 years between the two historic NFL franchises. And I know yesterday was overreaction Monday. Today is Reality Tuesday. It's also Taco Tuesday. I think that the injuries are starting to pile up. Now, for the Bears, Andy Dalton is injured, but we're not sure how bad it is. Head coach Matt Nagy says that Andy Dalton will be the starter if he's healthy. I hate to be skeptical about that, but I think he's saving face because they really need to get Justin Fields in there. He's coaching for his job. You have Carr that got injured in the game against the Steelers. Now, they don't have a formidable backup. Remember, Marcus Mariota went on the IR, and Nathan Peterman is the backup there. The 49ers are running out of running backs as Jamichael Hasty is going to be out for a couple of weeks with a high sprain ankle. And they also had Trey Sermon go into concussion protocol. And the talented rookie Elijah Mitchell had just a stinger, as head coach Kyle Shanahan believes. And he's day-to-day. So what the 49ers have done, they've looked at possible running backs they can bring on to the team. I mentioned Frank Gore yesterday, really for Atlanta, but the 49ers, that would be a great pickup to get back the greatest 49er running back in the history of the franchise. He's a free agent. He doesn't have a team, and he still can be a pretty productive running back at age 38. The Steelers also had T.J. Watt get injured. Tua Tagovailova injured for the Miami Dolphins. So the list goes on. A lot of injuries. One thing I really enjoyed about that Monday night game was the Peyton and Eli broadcast. It is very entertaining. They bring on guests. Rob Gronkowski just revealed that he doesn't watch film, which is shocking. And I really enjoyed watching uh, Peyton and Eli just go at it. Speaking of the Manning family, the 2023 number one top recruit in the country, Arch Manning, visited Athens over the weekend. And Georgia fans were pushing the talented recruit to come to Athens. We all know the history of the Manning family, and Georgia could use a quarterback like this. That JT Daniels is really good. They got Brock Vandegrift. They got Carson Beck. But when was the last time Georgia had the guy. Yes, they had Matthew Stafford, but that team was flawed. It had a lot of holes. Matthew Stafford was carrying that Georgia team in 2007, 2008, next thing you know. So it would be great if Arch Manning could come to Athens, but he does have some other choices. It was just a recruiting visit and he's only a junior, so he's got time to make his decision. Major League Baseball last night, we had a very small slate of games. The Atlanta Braves pick up the 11-4 victory over the Arizona Diamondbacks thanks to a seven-run fifth inning led by Adam Duvall's two-run blast, and they shut the door with their bullpen. Rodriguez did give up a run, but Hisakar Yona had four innings of work with three earned runs, and the Braves are now three games up on the Phillies. I know this is a tight race. I keep going back and forth, checking the scores. The Phillies lost to the Baltimore Orioles 2-0. And now the Braves will take on the Diamondbacks tonight as Jesse Chavez will make the start for the Atlanta Braves. With two weeks left to go, the Braves are trying to win their fourth straight NL East So good luck and congratulations to Atlanta United over the weekend, picking up a 3-2 victory over D.C. United. They are currently sixth 
in the Eastern Conference standings for the playoffs with 36 points. I am excited about college football this weekend. We've got some very intriguing matchups, including Notre Dame traveling to Wisconsin. That is going to be the noon game. Georgia is going to take on Vanderbilt in Nashville at noon as well. The CBS game is Texas A&M, number seven in the country, taking on the Razorbacks of Arkansas, who is 16 they are ranked 16th. Both teams are 3-0. Locally, Georgia State will travel to Jordan-Hare to take on Auburn. Auburn coming back from that loss to Penn State. They fall in the rankings at number 23. A very intriguing matchup, UCLA taking on Stanford on the Pac-12 network. I'm glad I have that network. And Tennessee will travel to the Swamp to take on Florida. The ABC game, the primetime game, is West Virginia and Oklahoma. Oklahoma did not look very impressive against Nebraska. One of the things I noticed, especially with Clemson taking on NC State, Clemson favored by 10, taking on NC State on the road. That is a possible upset alert. One thing about all these teams, Alabama did not play very well, barely beat Florida. Florida makes that two-point conversion. That game possibly goes into overtime. Ohio State didn't blow out Tulsa. Oklahoma barely beat Nebraska. Clemson almost lost to Georgia Tech. All these powerhouses that are used to making the college football playoff, it seems like it's a down year for them. Right now, the only team that looks impressive is Georgia, and they don't have all their players back. George Pickens is practicing He could possibly return at the end of the season. And there's only two games that worry me on the schedule. At Auburn and, of course, the big game against Florida in Jacksonville. As many of you know, I call high school football for Russell County. So I have some intriguing high school football games in the Chattahoochee Valley. We have three games Thursday night. Starting with Hardaway and Spencer at A.J. McClung. Hardaway is one and two on the season trying to get back to winning and Spencer is two and two after winning a forfeit game against Jordan last week Columbus is taking on Troop County Thursday night at Callaway Stadium because Thomas County Central is taking on Callaway Friday night they share duties over there up in LaGrange at Callaway Stadium and Whitewater is taking on Northside Northside's 3-0 on the season. This is the first conference game for Northside, a 5A program out of Columbus. And it looks like that game will be at Kinnett Stadium. Some of the big matchups Friday night, Stars Mill taking on Harris County. You got Heard County taking on Central of Carrollton. You got LaGrange traveling to Kinnett Stadium on Friday to take on Shaw. Jordan is going to take on Kendrick. Both teams have not won a game, so something's got to give. Somebody's got to win. And I will go through all the high school games on Friday night. That is my special high school football show. You do not want to miss it, including the big game, probably the game of the week, Opelika and Central. And of course, I'm not calling a game this week because Russell County is on the road. They are going to Beauregard to take on a non-region game, and then they return to Corbett Stadium on Friday night, October 1st, to take on Opelika. I noticed a lot of games are non-region games this week, especially for Alabama. You got Carver Montgomery taking on Jefferson Davis. Both teams are in Montgomery, but Carver Montgomery is in the same region as Russell County, so I like to announce their score whenever I can. 
You got Auburn taking on Bob Jones. That game is going to be played at Auburn because of the field conditions. That was a neutral game. And then Benjamin Russell taking on Smith Station. Smith Station actually finally has a home game to go to. Their only win was against Columbus. Lynette is taking on Hanley. You got Ufala taking on Stanhope Elmore. Calvary Christian taking on Notre Dame Academy. Brookstone taking on Whitefield Academy. And that is pretty much it. You got Manchester on a bye and the Gators from Glenwood also on a bye. I love high school football. Friday nights is where I like to be up in the press box calling the high school football games. I love how the fact that they do televise the game on the local cable station there in East Alabama, and it's broadcasted on YouTube. All right, whenever a big-time program fires a head coach, I always like to have fun to see who will be the next head coach. So USC fired coach Todd Helton a couple of weeks ago. And the big question is, who is going to be the next head coach at USC? Remember, this is a big-time program. California has a lot of five-star recruits. USC, before there was an NFL team in L.A., USC was the big football get. And UCLA has always been USC's little brother. Pete Carroll led the USC Trojans to two national titles, possibly a third, but they lost to Texas, and they were the dominant program in the early 2000s. Since Pete Carroll left for Seattle, they've had Lane Kiffin, and they've had Steve Sarkeesian. Formidable head coaches, they look pretty good now. I think Lane Kiffin has proven he's a good head coach now at Ole Miss. And then they get Todd Helton, and he did not live up to the expectations. USC's expectations are they are a top five program because they have the facilities, the area, the recruiting You got all those five-star players in the L.A. area, and USC is a big-name brand, just like Miami, Texas, and Nebraska. But are USC Trojans fans living off the past, and do they have high expectations? The one thing that really hurt USC is when Chip Kelly came into the conference at Oregon. And then Stanford got better with Jim Harbaugh and then David Shaw. And then Arizona State got better with Herm Edwards. And then they introduced Utah and Colorado into the Pac-12. And then all of a sudden, USC was not dominating the Pac-12 like they used to. So there are some names that I want to throw out that could be the next head coach at USC. One, Urban Meyer. He's already turned it down. But if it doesn't work out in the NFL, Urban Meyer is a college coach. He would be the best choice possible. Another coach that could coach at USC is Bob Stoops. Now, he's living life being an analyst over at Fox. He left Oklahoma in good hands with Lincoln Riley, but Bob Stoops is a big-time get, and I think that that would be somebody that USC athletic director could reach out to. Another person, Mario Cristobal, the head coach at Oregon. He says he's not going to leave Oregon, that he might someday go back to Miami. Luke Fickle from Cincinnati, leading the Bearcats to an undefeated season and possibly a college football playoff berth. Matt Campbell has got Iowa State at a high level there a top 10 program. I think that he would be a good choice. Eric Bieniemy, the offensive coordinator from the Kansas City Chiefs. He is deserving of a head coaching position. Not sure why he didn't get one last season when there were so many openings and he was the best choice possible. I would have loved to have seen him in Atlanta. I really would have. I think that that would have been the better choice than Arthur Smith. But what about bringing back Lane Kiffin? Lane Kiffin has proven that he is a good head coach leading Ole Miss into the top 25 rankings. And Lane Kiffin shown something going toe-to-toe with Alabama last year. I think all is forgiven. I think that Lane Kiffin could make a difference at USC. He's a great recruiter, a pretty good play caller. I think USC 
could give him a second chance. Well, that's all the time I have on the show. Thank you, everybody, for listening to my podcast. And don't forget that I am on Facebook. I am also on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter, and you can download my podcast anytime you'd like. Thank you for listening, and I will talk to you tomorrow. Bye, everybody. You've been listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdry. We invite you to download and subscribe. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Google Cast, Stitcher, iTunes, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Thanks for listening. Feel free to share with your friends and family. This has been The Sports Beat, with your host, Richard Holdry. Produced in Columbus, Georgia. Extra production provided by J.D. Matthews. All opinions stated herein are those of the host and do not represent the opinions of Anchor Podcasts. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved.